It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Zebra Away game in association with Marty Rabbits. We're here in the green room this week, um, mainly because it's, it's winter outside again. Haven't had summer last week. Uh, I'm with William Davis. Good afternoon, Alan. And we're hoping that Lindley will join us at some stage, possibly, if she gets a chance. Um, who are you talking to today, William, at the press conference? We had uh, Nigel Carolyn and uh, I spoke to Dennis Buckley and we've also got a little bit of audio from Jared Butler. Nigel, disappointing night on Friday, the result and, and the performance. So uh, what have you been doing to, to rectify that and clear it? First and foremost, put it behind us. Um, uh, we, we made a lot of changes for the game. Uh, I think there was 11 in all, and uh, I suppose with that there's a risk. Um, but the preparation was, um, was particularly good during the week. Uh, we went over there confident, we went over there to win the game. Um, I thought we started reasonably well. I thought Jack's intercept after a couple of minutes, you know, the, the swing of momentum in the game, if, maybe if he had scored that. Um, you know, 7-0, you start to plant a few seeds of doubt, and... Um, you know, we, we missed that opportunity. We got one more. We got three points eventually out of that, but we, we fluffed the, the restart uh, and they got in for a try. And then with our next opportunity, we, we overshot our line out from the scrum. It was a penalty in the back in, you know, in, in, our, uh, in our red zone again and, and we're having to defend them when we conceded another try. So immediately, you know, kind of 10 minutes into the game and you find yourself trailing by, by two scores, you start to chase it and start to force things and it's hard to stop the rot really um you know there's there was great enthusiasm and that, but you know things didn't work and um uh, and, and that's sometimes the way it goes it can be it can be difficult to stop that but i said uh, you know what we took what we could out of the game you know and, and and more importantly i think that that element of forcing and enforcing the game in our own half that was the, the biggest learning we had from attack and, and in defense was just trust our own system you know, that we did a shaky first half there, but in the second half, once we started to impose our own systems, we started to make inroads. They didn't score in the second half, you know, and we had a try and we, did, we, we got close on a couple of occasions and it, it could have been closer in the end, but certainly that, uh, that purple patch in the first half really killed us and it, it cost us. Any regrets about the decision to, to make all those changes? Um, because it did seem to contribute to the inaccuracies for a while. Players just didn't seem to be fully trusting each other or if just quite on the game, they hadn't maybe played enough together. Uh, do we regret it? Well, I mean, we didn't win, so I mean, there's, there's regrets there. But look, collectively, we made the decision to select the team that we did. We selected a team that we felt could have won the game. Um, you know, and after the start, yeah, look at it. It could have gone. It could have gone our way, but... You know, for us to be able to compete on, on both fronts, both in the, the Challenge Cup and in, on Pro 14, it's important that players are fresh, um, that we maximise the, the extent of the, you know, the quality that we have in, in, the, in the squad. And, and we stand over that, um, you know, and hopefully that will pay dividends this weekend when we go to, to Zebra because it's, uh, we've got two really tough games. And, yeah, it, it, you know, our whole season hinges on, on well, it hinges firstly on this weekend. Um, you know, last weekend, well, it's disappointing, um, you know, ultimately for us, it's, you know, it's Champions Cup qualification and, and to get that top three um, spot in, in conference is our, is our ultimate goal. And, uh, and, that's, and that's what we're going after. And we've got to win this weekend to do that. Zebra have had a pretty poor season, haven't won a game for a long time, but they, they tend to stay in games for a while although Munster eventually put them to bed. What's going to be the, the key to Saturday evening in Parma? Patience. 
you know, patience, discipline and trust, really. Um, yeah, they've, they've lost 10 games, you know, on the bounce. But, you know, I think anyone, any team that underestimates them, you know, can, can fall on the sword. And uh, you, you look, anyone who's, who saw the performance uh, that they had against Munster two weeks ago would say, like, they should have been 20 nil up by half time. Okay, they were 12 nil up, but they should have been 20. And uh, so I said, when you, when you sort of disrespect them in some ways, if you're, if you're anyway loose in, in terms of how you play, if you're loose now, you defend, if you're loose now, you attack, you're giving them opportunity and you're giving them uh, chances to get back into the game. And we don't want to do that. So we've got to be very patient. We've got to trust our systems in attack, trust our systems in defence and, and really back that and be very patient. You got to be, but you can't force the game against them. And that was the learning on the back of, of the sale game. Is is you can't you can't force it against them. You can't be too risky. Um, you got to be clinical. You know. So for us, we'll possibly lower the risk slightly in some of our plays, and we'll be a lot more direct in ensuring that we're we're keeping the ball in a bright pressure either through ball in hand or putting the ball in behind them uh, and getting them to turn because they would tendency to try and run the ball from everywhere and yeah they can be quite successful at it but if, if our, we back our defence there it'll give us the opportunities to attack again. It's one of the keys as well to making good decisions some of the decision making on uh, Friday night was a bit average I think and you don't want to give them a chance by simply making a mistake in possession. So players are going to have to be really switched on for this game. It's it's going to be one of these games of full concentration from start to finish. Yeah, and that's why we speak about that discipline. And it's not just discipline in terms of giving up penalties, but it's it's discipline to be patient. It's discipline to trust the, the play in the system and, and to, to play the game that we've, we're talking about at the moment, to be very patient, to be very direct. Um, you know, to minimise um, that looseness. Um, yeah, you got to try and take opportunities. And, you know, as I said, you, you can't steal second base by keeping your foot on first base. But at the same time, we we, we got to be conscious that um, this is a massive game for us. You know, we got to be, you know, preparation training today was excellent. Uh, very short, but very, you know, very intense and very detailed, very accurate. And, and you know, in our session on Thursday, we got to bring the same again. If we do that, it's going to give us a lot of confidence going into, going into the game on Saturday. Uh, you won't have uh, Quinn or Bundy, but maybe uh, and Finley, obviously as well. But mostly, you've got a fairly strong pack to to um, pick from. So, is there going to be a lot of competition for places? There are a lot of competition for places, um, and that's you know on the back of when you rotate your squad, like we have done over the na- last number of games, it does create competition. And um, you know, but like we we know we've got other players. We've got a maybe another 12 guys who played against Treviso and Ospreys over the last, um, you know, in previous games. And we've got those guys to call upon as well. So it's, <clears throat> you know, it's going to be an interesting selection. Is there a danger that you, the Cardiff game is going to be huge. Is there any danger that you start thinking ahead to that? Because Saturday really sets up that game. We all know it's coming down the tracks here on the 13th of April. No, it's it's couldn't be. It's, it's nowhere nearer um, in our minds at the moment. Uh, we're fully focused on on Saturday and on uh, Mentor and firstly that you know that this team can can get the win over there and then anything after that in terms of bonus points is is that bonus. Uh, but we're fully focused on on this game first. If Monster can do us a favour this weekend, it's going to help. But um, you know, and that game is Friday night, so you know, we'll know in advance going into Saturday that. But it's certainly we won't be taking the the foot off the pedal. Unless you've just uh, come off the training pitch there, uh, hard session, getting ready for Zebra. How are you working to put Friday night behind you and say disappointing performance and result? Yeah, very disappointing on Friday. Um, you know, I think we were we were well equipped to go and beat that sale team, but 
Joe unfortunately on the day and I think particularly in the first 20 minutes um, things didn't go our way and we maybe didn't do ourselves justice and perform as well as we can but um, look you have to you have to park that reasonably quick now and, and look ahead to Zebra because this weekend is a, is a must win for us and if we can win it puts us in a great position for playoffs It's uh, it's a sort of a must win game coming up uh, and then we've got Cardiff the following week but uh, Zebra they haven't won a lot of games this season, but they certainly showed what they can do when they played against Munster a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, when they get a lot of possession, they, they are a really good team. Um, we saw against Munster and, and, and against other opposition um, that you know if they're allowed to play, they, they can be quite dangerous and they've got some um, dangerous runners in the backs and a really good out-half that can pull the strings quite well. So yeah, we'll certainly be, um, be, going, there, be going there looking to, to starve them of some ball and, and, and you know, get in their face, take away their... Take away their space with some really good line speed and um, some physical defence to, to give us a chance to win the game. be very important for Connick to be very accurate in that game because it really is a must-win game. It sets up uh, the rest of the season. So are you going to maybe be a little bit more conservative game plan just to get, and, and to get, make sure that you're well in the game before you start trying to go and win it? Um, I don't know if conservative is maybe the, 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 the word that we'll use, but certainly... You know, accuracy this week will be a big focus for us. Um, you know, Zebra team that, like I was saying a minute ago, if you let them play, they they can be dangerous. But also, if you, they they, they live off off other teams' mistakes. So um, certainly, being as accurate as we can be on on and off the ball is going to be huge for us. You know, um, they like to run the ball from deep a lot, and um, you know, in recent weeks they've got some really good change out of that. So we need to shut that down. But also. Um, when we're attacking, we, we can't turn the ball over easily because, again, they are really dangerous. Now that you know that you know, you've put your eggs in all in one basket, does it make you more determined to make sure now that you know, all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted going into Zebra? Yeah, you know, we know that like, every, every game is going to be really important now and um, we're not looking past this week and we want to get a win this week and we want to put ourselves in a good position and then once we've done that, then we'll move on to Cardiff. But right now... You know, every game's a every game's massive for us, and um, because we do want to be there, and we do want to be playing for some some silverware, and um, the Challenge Cup's gone now, so we've just got the Pro 14, so we're gonna we're gonna focus on that one 100. percent We would like to thank the Connacht Rugby Supporters Club, the Connacht Clan, for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out connachtclan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com and follow Connacht Clan on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook for all your supporting needs. So William... I think they were disappointed at the weekend, but they really are looking forward to what's coming up this week. Well, it's concentrated their minds now. It's all eggs, one basket. There's, there's, Europe's gone. That's what knockout rugby is about. Um, I don't think they wanted to be knocked out. I think they would have been happier if they put in a better performance, even if they'd still lost. But it was a, it was a poor performance. The first half was all over the place. Uh, I suppose... You know, if if the try had been scored, sport is all about ifs. But there was a golden opportunity to go seven nil up against the Sale side, who are doing okay, but they're not they're not absolutely flying either. I'm not sure how they actually view this competition, but they're in the semi-finals. Connacht aren't. Uh, second half was a lot better, 
but they still didn't really get the job done. They didn't put enough pressure on. And that's now, I suppose, it's in the past. Probably going to see a lot of different players in Italy. Um, we'll talk about that a little while. We'll look at the injuries as well. Yeah, just, just to give you a flavour of the difference between the first half and the second half. In the first half, Sale had 52% possession and 57% territory. Whereas in the second half, it was 64% possession and 63% territory for Connacht. So it really was a game of two halves. The difference was they were more clinical. Connacht made too many mistakes and weren't able to put the pressure on and score points when they needed to. Because it did look as though, had Connacht been within a score at the end, they might have been able to nick it. Yeah, I think with 20 minutes to go, they were still well in it. I mean, they scored the try, they got it back to 10 points, and then they went down the field and... Unfortunately, uh, I think it was Finlay tried an offload. and uh, Some of the decision-making was very poor. There was eight minutes left at that stage. You get another score. Sale, Sale had switched off, and I'll tell you something, you don't switch back on in sport. Once you've switched off, you, you're at a level, and to try to get back to the right level takes a lot of doing. Uh, you know, Adjie McGinty had a great first half for them. Second half... I think he hadn't, he hadn't played rugby for so long. He's yeah, he ran out of steam. He ran out of steam. Even after Clerk ran out of steam. And the fact that they play the same players over and over. But look, it's history. It's gone. Um, someone they, maybe they'll, they will, I think, store it away for future reference, that game, about changes and how you set up sides and maybe a better understanding of... I think, to be fair, some fans were pretty upset with the team that was selected because they felt that large number of Connacht fans travelled and Europe means a lot to the fan base we've had some really good days in Europe and I understand that the Pro 14 is the bread and butter there's a big prize there, there's automatic qualification for Europe, there's also a potential quarter final knockout game in the Pro 14 that's big but Maybe it did look a little bit like they they weren't really backing it 100%. Although the team that went there, they played a lot better, particularly in the first half. They could have won the game. Agreed, agreed. Um, before we move on, why don't we hear um, the results from the rest of the weekend of European action? All European action last weekend, and we'll start with the quarterfinals of the European Challenge Cup on Friday evening Sale 20 Connacht 10 on Saturday Worcester Warriors 16 Harlequins 18 and on Sunday La Rochelle 39 Bristol 15 and ASM Claremont Avern 61 Northampton Saints 38 in the European Champions Cup three games were down for decision on Saturday Edinburgh 13, Munster 17, Saracens 56, Glasgow Warriors 27, Leinster 21, Ulster 18. And the final quarterfinal was on Sunday, Racing 92, 21, Toulouse 22. And the semi-final fixtures are now set. So, starting in the Champions Cup on Saturday, the 20th of April, which is Easter Saturday, Saracens will take on Munster in the Rico Arena in Coventry. That game kicks off at 3pm Irish. And on Easter Sunday, April the 21st, Leinster will play Toulouse at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin, 
with a kickoff time of 3.15pm. Uh, the semi-finals of the Challenge Cup were confirmed today. Both matches will take place on Easter Saturday, the 20th of April. The first match, La Rochelle versus Sale Sharks. That will kick off at 5.30pm Irish, which is 6.30pm in France. And the second game, ASM Clermont-Averne versus Harlequins, will have an 8pm Irish kickoff time. That's 9pm in France. Okay, there was some good news for Connacht this week when the city planners approved um, the plan for the new stadium and that's hard on the heels of um, the council putting Connacht at number one for the um, resources that are going to come from government funds assuming they ever come from government funds so there's a couple of bits of good news although it's obviously not the final bit, William. Yeah, look, it's just part of that process. It's a slow. They said it would be a slow-moving process. It's probably moved a little bit quicker maybe than... Uh, we realised it's just all going on in the background. I suspect you're still looking at a start date of May 2020, but it would be nice to have everything in place. And it's all positive so far. Um, there might be some objections, there might be some negatives to come, but so far, so good. And some more positives that we have that are connected to Connacht. Um, you were talking to um, some people who were involved at the Irish, the successful Irish under-20s team this year. You were on Goway Bay last night. We're going to hear some audio in a minute. Yep, yeah, Ambrose Conboy, who's the forwards coach for the under-20s, and Dylan Tierney-Martin, who was the uh, hooker for Ireland in those five games. Um, it's a great effort. Grand Slam, beat a, a very strongly fancied England side in the first game, beat France, who are the world under-20 champions. It set them up for the world under 20s in Argentina so caught up with them last night on Galway Bay on Over the Line uh, presented by Jerry Murphy Looking at the fact that you had Brian Lomas Niall Murray Colin Riley and Keen Huxford was in the, the extended squad how good was it to have some guys from this part of the world in, in the team for the Six Nations I mean th- does that make a difference for you or does everybody just gel from day one you you know all these guys you all have a common purpose um, I think just from the first few camps we try to almost do exactly opposite of what you're saying is we, we try to mix between all the groups rather than having clicks of of kind of your Ulster lads your, your Munster lads your Leinster lads we wanted everybody to mix and there was no kind of barriers then when you get onto the pitch when you're when you're looking at the guy next to you wondering if you can trust him or not because you're all friends Everyone's close. It's really cohesive. Noel and, and Ambi spoke a lot about connection, cohesion and character. And cohesion was a huge thing for us, just breaking down them barriers, the provincial barriers, um, and looking to, to kind of get to know everyone on the team. But yeah, definitely having, having the likes of Keno and, and Ryan and, and Riley and, and, um, and Niall in there was really nice. You know, just having familiar faces that you can kind of go back to if you're not feeling something, you can kind of talk to them about it and, you know. It was good to have them there. And, and getting on a little bit more with that, I mean, how much time did you spend together uh, prior to and during this as a campaign, whole squad? As a squad, yeah. Um, what do we have? We had five camps five in total. Camps, yeah, and five camps, yeah. Five camps camp pre-game. down in Island. Yeah, and they, they would be sort of over a period of... Two-day camps, two day yeah. Camps, so we yeah. kind of... The first, I think, the first four camps really were, were a lot to do with selection and it was a lot of rugby, kind of two sessions a day and you didn't really have much time to mix as a squad. You took your opportunity when you did have them 20 minutes in between meetings and training sessions to, to chat as a squad. And at lunchtime, we kind of had a... It wasn't a, 
like a made rule. It was just an accepted rule among the group that there was no phones at the at the lunch table, yeah. no phones at the dinner table. And Joe, that's really valuable time together. You have to speak to that man in front of you and just enjoy your time with them. But the time that I'm be speaking about down at Foda, we had uh, we had four days together, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had actually had three hour kind of connection building session with Bernard Brogan. I can't remember Ronan. Can't remember a second name. Um, and I just found that was eye-opening just to kind of break down them barriers between lads, things that they wouldn't really tell someone that they've just met and just spending those three hours together kind of in a confined group was, was really, really good for us. And Ambrose, is, what these guys are doing now, is that sort of a, a, a form guide as to where these guys can go uh, as they get into senior rugby? Yeah, well, everyone who plays Irish 20 has the ability to play professional rugby. At what level, it's dependent a lot on profile at times. So Dylan is a transition uh, back rower, for example. He was probably never going to make it professionally as a seven. Um, so we had to transition him into that hooker role. So there's a lot of conversations that's, that go on around that. But for each of the guys that play at this level, they all have potential to be professional rugby players. And this level in Ireland now is massive when you consider what's going on in the big schools, the big rugby schools, and what's coming through out of there into this age group. I mean, there's, there's massive work going on there in the background. I think it's, uh, we talk about the big schools, but it has to be credit given to the clubs and, and schools in, in Connacht as well for maybe not the intensity of competition, but definitely in, in relation to the fundamentals and skill sets that have been driven in the schools and through the pathway and the development programmes that we have in Connacht Rugby. Um, so that would be a real positive for us going forward. Without naming names, obviously there are, there are guys in this squad that we're going to see at a senior level uh, up along. Can can you see certain guys developing quicker than perhaps other guys? Yeah, yeah I can see. Like I said, all of them will be professional rugby players. It's how that, that path runs for them in the long term. Um, to have Thomas Clarkson in at 19 year, 18 years of age, just turned 19 within the championship, he's another year next year. A tremendous talent for what he's able to do scrummage wise and, and around the park. He'd be a big one. Niall Murray would be a, a standout athlete for me as well in his athletic ability. Um, and Colin Riley showed what he can do on the, on the pitch when he got his opportunity you know, to be thrown in there midweek on a Wednesday to go and perform in the last 20 minutes that he did. And obviously Dylan's scoring record speaks for itself. And it's credit to everything that's been done, I suppose, through the likes of our academy manager, Eric Elwood, and, and guys like that, that run and filter and the alignment all the way through and everything that we do in Connacht Rugby. So it's a credit to these guys and it's a credit to the system. Of yeah, and it's does. often a part of Connacht Rugby that people on the street don't really know about. Yeah. And yeah. it's no harm to let them know that there's a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, uh, what, what, in, in the academy and, uh, and with these young guys 100% what you see on a, on a Friday night um, there's so many steps that come along the way as, as George alluded to in relation to 15s, 16s, 17s, 18s it's technically like a pyramid and that pyramid comes to a point and the point is what you see on a Friday night but there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears to get them to that point but it's a matter of, of what you see on a Friday night is, is only a glimpse of, of what really goes on underneath and you look at the development now that's coming in Connacht Rugby in relation to the grounds and things like that like it's on an upward spiral Andy Friend has been a, a massive influence on that and to have two good Bish men in there as well with Jimmy Duffy and Nigel Carlin you can't go wrong Dylan we might have a, a budding rugby player listening in or some underage guys what's the I know there's probably no one secret but what do you need to do to focus 
to get to the level that you've just achieved now? What's what what's how do you how do you get ready for this? I think just accept the challenge. Um, with Ambrose and Eric and, and Morris Lawler in Connacht, once you kind of can accept the challenge that's given to you, these guys will hand you nuggets and they'll they'll just make you into a rugby player once you accept that challenge and it's it's huge that you trust what you're being told and that you kind of you go after it and you always look to improve we we spoke about as a group in in the 20s is once you're improving five percent every game chances are you're going to be there thereabouts and it's the same thing if you think about that as your club games and if you're improving five ten percent every game or your school games when you get to that connect 18s level same again you you come in as a group it's probably a little bit of a higher standard than the club stuff and connect 19s and then you look into your academy your sub academy spots and trying to accept that challenge and embrace it and go after it and these guys will it'll put you on the right path right paths straight away okay just before we get into the meat of this match against zebra a couple of things you want to clear up Injury update, anything fresh? Because we did have a couple of injuries from last weekend. Yeah, we'll run through the three injuries from last weekend first. Uh, Finlay Bealham has a very bad cut on his hand and it's going to be scanned and further assessed. I think you can take it for granted he won't play this week. Uh, I think they're relieved that there's no breakages and there doesn't seem to be any ligament tears, but they really need to find out what's going on. Um, They seem to feel that he may have caused it himself when he just fell on his own hand and it just happened. They don't really know. He was obviously he was in a huge amount of pain coming off, but it's better than it might have been. Um, Dominic Robertson McCoy is back training. Uh, he's carrying a slight back injury. Will be assessed later in the week as to availability, but he is mobile. Jack Carty has trained and should be available. He got a bang on his bicep, which gave him a sort of a stinger, or it was his hand just tightened up. He couldn't get any movement but he seems to be back in business. Jared Butler and Tiernan O'Halloran are fully fit and expected to be available for selection after their Benetton uh, injuries. Uh, Bundiaki Quinru are not available this week. They're both on their final uh, rest periods after Six Nations duty. This is designated by the IRFU. Uh, but they will then be available for the Cardiff game and the rest of the season. Some good news in there, quite quite a bit of good news, because certainly when we saw um, Finlay Bealham coming off the field, he looked in a huge amount of pain. And Lindley McKenzie's joined us. Lindley, it, it really did look bad, didn't it? Well, I didn't actually see the gruesome uh, <laughs> result of it, but I'm, I'm, I hear it didn't look particularly pretty. And yeah, nobody likes that to happen to any player on the field and luckily luckily it's it's uh, the good news is is you know and we heard that afterwards that he was able to wiggle his fingers which meant it, the possibility that he had um broken a a bone or something was was unlikely but it still is going to be a long recovery in fact i think um nigel when he was talking to us today in in uh, at the press conference said suggested that finley wanted to wear one of these um gauntlet um on his hand and but unfortunately he's had 14 stitches in that hand so you know he's definitely ruled out this week would be highly unlikely the following week and you know it's a wait and see game how this this hand heals yeah it's very important with robertson mccoy who's had back spasms but he's he's going to be available which is good news and of course the other big worry was was jack carty coming off early 
Yeah, apparently that's not as bad as expected as well. He had got a stinger in his arm, which was described as being similar like a dead leg, but on his arm. So he's fully he's back fully trained today and he's raring to go. That's all good news. Okay, before we get into the depths of our Zebra game, William's going to walk us through the fixtures and the tables for the Pro 14 for this weekend. Round 19 of the Pro 14 takes place next weekend. We start on Friday the 5th of April with two matches. Glasgow Warriors versus Ulster and a vital game for Connacht Munster versus Cardiff Blues. Both of those games kick off at 7.35pm Irish time. On Saturday, April the 6th, four games down for decision. The Cheetahs host the Ospreys at 4.30pm Irish. Zebra versus Connacht at 5.30pm. Scarlets versus Edinburgh at 6.45pm. And Leinster versus Benetton at 7.45pm. And the final game of round 19 is on Sunday the 7th of April with the Southern Kings hosting the Dragons with a 2pm kickoff. In Conference A, Glasgow Warriors lead on 66 points from Munster in second on 63. Connacht and the Cardiff Blues are equal on 52 points. The Ospreys have 44 the Cheetahs have 36, and Zebra are at the bottom on 18. All teams have played 18 matches. In Conference B, Leinster are way out in front. They have 72 points and have already qualified and guaranteed themselves a home semi-final. But it's quite congested here as well behind them. Ulster are currently in second on 54 points. Benetton are in third on 50 points. Edinburgh are in fourth on 47. The Scarlets are in fifth on 45. Southern Kings in sixth on 20. And the Dragons are on 19 points. And to get your up-to-the-minute team news for Connacht Rugby, you go to sportsnewsireland.com on Friday lunchtime and they'll have the fastest team news for you. To the final section of the podcast... Parma, a place that Connacht have lost the last twice they've played and possibly would have been three times had they lost the, the, the one where you were at, Lindley, where it bucketed down rain for most of the game. Oh gosh, you talk about rain in Galway. Well, I have to say, I will, I will never forget that particular match. I, I know while it was still going on, we were trying to type in the rain and we were trying to cover our computers and our laptops and it was just impossible and it was quite a relief. But that said... That was a game that, that really and truly, you know, Connacht would, would have lost that match had it been able to continue. So there was definitely a hand of God or some, some such like in that particular game. There was. And William, Michael Bradley will always be looking to get his teams ready to play against Connacht. Yeah, he will. Um, You've got to be honest, though, they've been rubbish this season, really. I mean, they, they've, haven't, they've won three games all season. Uh, in this competition, they're rooted to the bottom. So Connacht have got to just go there and, and win. And you've got, you, you know, you can build them up. Now they were reasonably impressive against Munster, and they should have been a lot further ahead. They were twelve nil up at half time. They should have probably been twenty nil up, uh, and that would have been really interesting. And then Munster just ground them down, got back into it, didn't do anything very exciting. The games over there that I've attended have often become really scrappy, scattered games. 
crazy games, balls being kicked around and thrown around. I think that's the one thing Connacht want to avoid. They want to keep this game under control. Keep it a, keep stick to a real pattern and don't give them any fr- freebies and don't give them any opportunity to just uh, attack. And that's where Jack Carty comes in because it's, it's his job to run the game. It certainly is. Like I'm looking at the stats. Yes, they've only won, they've only won three games, but amazingly they've had five try bonuses. But they've also let in 76 tries in 18 matches, which is an enormous amount of tries, which is 11 try bonuses conceded. So it could be something of a shootout. Well, look, as William said, Zebra just love to play this open game, a very loose game. It's caught Connett several times because of the structure of our defence. And I think even talking to Nigel today... Everyone's aware of that. So, you know, in terms of Connett's game plan, you know, Nigel says it's a very simple game plan. There's nothing elaborate or about it, but it's simply to keep the structures and to keep the defences going to be key. Because we have seen time and time and again, those boys just love to run, and it's usually, usually apart from that one one occasion, um, they love to run the ball and they love to keep the ball in hand. Now, bear in mind that since you know Michael Bradley has has kind of got this team down slightly better in terms of their structures and the way that they play their set pieces, usually very good as well. But they do tend to throw the ball around a lot, which does which does lead to mistakes. And if Connett's defence can keep them on top and frustrate them, so, so much the better. But I just want to say one thing. They did win against Cardiff, which is a little pointer. Maybe Cardiff just had a bad day, but which is a little pointer that they might see Connett as a similar opportunity to a, that of Cardiff. So it's just... Yeah, yeah. Well, again, you look at it. Last time Connett beat Zebra at the start of the year, it was the first time they'd beaten him under Bradley. Yeah, that was a good performance that night, actually. It's, it's that time of the season. It's just about winning. It doesn't matter if Connett win by a point as long as they get points. And it'll be very interesting to see because Cardiff are in Munster on Friday night. So we'll know whether they've come away with that game with zero or one or four or five or whatever they get out of it. And if they've done really well down there, Connacht have got to match that. The key for Connacht is when they come to play Cardiff, if they could be ahead of them when Cardiff come here on the 13th of April, that changes that because then Cardiff have got to chase a game. And that's going to be a very tactical game. They always are. So this is fascinating, and this is why these conferences work. There's so many teams still involved. They certainly are. Next week, we'll, once we've had this week's weekend's games, it'll have the, the whole situation will have tidied up a little bit, and we'll do a bit more review about who can possibly play who in semi-finals, quarter-finals, playoffs. So we'll wait, we'll wait after this weekend before it tightens up a little bit. Um, the other reason I think that, that Zebra struggle is that Carlo Canna's their main kicker. He's only got a 67% success rate kicking, and you can't have that. You, you need to be kicking more goals. Jack's up there on 81%, and um, and Kyle Godwin's on 90%. Like, so he's well up there. He's in the top three at the moment. So like the k- k- kicking of penalties and kicking of points is very important. And I think as the season goes on, even though the weather I see is going to be about 20 degrees on on Saturday, so it's just going to be warm. It will be cloudy, so you'd expect it to be fairly muggy, which will be interesting for Connacht to have to deal with. But putting points on the board is huge. Let's just hope hope there's no thunderstorm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, I think think Connacht, you know, this is a situation whereby if they lose against Zebra, in many ways they just don't deserve to be in the Champions Cup rugby if you lose against the bottom team, you know, in this conference. So I just don't think it's a question. It's just that they simply have to win. And I have no doubt that they they will win unless there is some catastrophic collapse. I think that was last week. 
in many ways where they just lost cohesion, as Nigel likes to put it. They lost cohesion last week. I don't think that's going to happen today. You're going to see a return of, you know, some of the some of the um, more senior stars, more senior players, and they know that they've got to go over there with a professional mind, with a professional attitude, just to do the job. Nothing fancy. Do the job, win it, and I'm sure they will. I take it you feel the same, William? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'd be happier if Bundy and Quinn were there, but I understand that's one of the pressures of having Irish internationals in your squad now. Um, because there's no doubt about it, Quinn Rue last week would have made a huge difference against Sale. He brings. He is the one player that brings that just that extra few percent of physicality. And the Italians, that's as well as throwing it around, Zebri do like a bit of a, a bit of a rumble, uh, and that's where you, you can become distracted against them. So Connacht have got to really be clear-headed about what they're doing. Um, and it's interesting when Nigel was talking to me, he talked about the fact that they will be a bit, basically, be a bit more conservative. They're going to get into the right positions and then try to attack, rather than trying to create the position. They're going to get to the position. Uh, and I think that's the way to try to do it. There's no guarantee that'll happen because it could just break up uh, and be one of those slightly wacky games in Parma. I'm looking forward to it, and I think they will get the job done. Okay, so coverage starts on Goalie Bay FM at 5.30. Um, Rob is on commentary. You're on co-commentary, William. I think we've got enough there. We'll, We'll wrap it up. Don't forget you can follow us on Spotify now so please do if you use Spotify follow us on Spotify it gives us more kudos out there in the in the world of Spotify which is turning into the one of the top places to listen to podcasts apparently um, so yeah follow us on there don't forget to listen to the match on Go FM and if not if you're not travelling there's always Marty Rabbits to come and watch the game in for some great atmosphere so thanks everyone bye now loose cut it loose Break out or nothing changes Sad and confused Don't wait until